This is the Food About Town podcast. My name is Chris Lindstrom and I'm your host. This episode is brought to you by the Food About Town studio. The new dating podcast, Over Dinner, is recorded at the Food About Town studio. So if you're looking to record your own podcast or do voiceover work, contact me at foodabouttown at gmail.com or come find me on social media. This week on the podcast, I talked to Tony Cologne from Fuego Coffee Roasters and Adam Solomon from Joe Bean, two Rochester-based competitors in the United States Barista Championship Regionals that were held in early February in Kansas City. Coming from a non-coffee professional like myself, I was interested to hear about the whole experience of the competition, from the build-up to the details of their runs. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it on social media or give me a rating on iTunes. Thank you for listening. about town studio here on a frigid day in rochester new york uh and i'm here with two baristas who recently competed in the um u.s barista championship regionals um both rochester baristas um starting off i'll start with uh tony tony please introduce yourself hi my name is tony uh my last name is cologne and uh my wife and i own fuego coffee roasters so fuego is located in uh Kind of like a center center city, right? Yeah. Liberty Pole, for yep. those of us who are in Rochester. And you guys have been open for how long now? Uh, August 2013, so I think we're coming. Uh, we're going to be coming up on our third year wow. in August, yeah. Really doesn't seem like three years. I know. <laughs> it's going along fast. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, Adam is joining us as well. Adam. Hi. Who are you? I'm Adam. Adam <laughs> Solomon. Some people call me Pikachu. Some people Pokemon do. guy. Sure. <laughs> and uh, I'm a where, barista. Yeah. Where do you work? At Joe Bean Coffee Roasters. Okay. So I've known both these guys for a while now. And what interested me was both of them traveled, was that about a week and a half ago, two weeks now? Yeah, about Almost. Almost. two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. You guys traveled to uh, traveled to St. Louis for the- Kansas City. Kansas. Why am I thinking St. Louis? Because I'm from St. Louis. See, that's yeah, it. There you go. Kansas City for the U.S. Barista Championship Regionals, which was sort of the prelude to the Nationals, which are in Atlanta this year, correct? Correct. Yes. Um, and these uh, these competitions are run by the Specialty Coffee Association of America. Yep. yep. And I be- believe the Barista Guild of America. Barista Guild as well. Okay. Yep. Um, so this is... Uh, a competition that is testing your skills as a barista. And it seems like it's got a lot of things going on there, not only the competition part, but a lot of 
uh, camaraderie, a lot of industry people around. Um, what what for you? I'm going to start with Tony because I know he's been there a couple times before, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, why why were you going to compete this year? I think competing is is really beneficial for a barista, um, and the reason why is because um, my goal when I compete is it to win. I'd like to win, but it's just to improve each year that you go. Hmm. Um, it's to you know uh, really you know, do what you ever do every day. And like, um, you know, being able to showcase those skills and, uh, you know, being able to serve, uh, great drinks to, uh, you know, um, you know, professional judges as well as, you know, getting your name out there on a nationally like national platform, basically. I mean, because, you know, we are in Rochester, New York and Rochester has some great things about it, but, um, you know, being able to, you know, uh, in our industry, get your name out there, you know, going to like, you know, the SCA event and uh, these barista competitions really does uh, get your name out there. And, it, and, you know, there's a lot of investment opportunities and there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, um, wholesale opportunities uh, uh, f- from people that don't roast that are just like a multi uh, roaster shop. Sure. And mm-hmm. so this this was your third time going. Yes. Um and Adam, this was your first time going. Very first. Yes. So what what drove you to apply to try and compete this year? Well, when I applied back in November, um, it was actually where the competition was located that first made me really want to do it because it, I knew it would give me an opportunity to possibly visit home a little bit. But really, I wanted to do it for Joe Bean more than anything else. Because getting hired there is one of the best things that's ever happened to me. And I really wanted to make everyone who gave me that opportunity proud. Sure. Yeah, and I'm, you've been working as a full-time barista in a specialty coffee shop for how long now? Um, full-time, about a year and a few months. I started a year and a half ago. About. Okay. So, in contrast to Tony, who's running his own shop, who's been doing that consistently for three years... It, it's those year that year and a half is huge, mm-hmm. both in you know experience doing this every day massively, and yeah. having been there a couple times, um, for you and I know. So tell a little bit about the experience you had going up to the competition. Well, I found out that I was being pulled off of the wait list for the competition exactly a week before it, so that was a trip in its own right. Um, I honestly didn't think I'd be able to do it at first when I got the email. So I checked with absolutely everyone I could because I seemed, it seemed like too good of an opportunity to pass up. And everyone told me that if I was willing, they would, would 100% support it. So we went full steam ahead. Full steam ahead, crash full steam course. Ahead. Yeah. So sort of a crash course planning and doing all this stuff. Exactly. So now we're talking about this is the prep. Um, Tony, what was your prep like for this competition? Uh, it's interesting because uh, basically I wanted to do something a little bit different. You know, instead of like cupping all these different coffees and like choosing the coffee that I wanted to bring, uh, what our shop is built around is is kind of like community. Uh, so what that means is like when you come to Fuego, it's like it's almost like a cheers, I guess. It's like everybody knows your name, you know, and everybody, you know, it's almost like that sort of 
vibe. So basically, I wanted to hear from my customers and what they were tasting in the coffees that I was bringing in. And basically, we chose uh, Ethiopian Yerga Chef uh, from 2014, which is interesting. So I talked to Todd Mackey, who uh, is with Olam Specialty Coffee. And he said that, uh, you know, hey, I agree with you in some aspects of, you know, competing with this coffee because Ethiopians tend to mellow out a little bit as they age. Uh, so you wouldn't be wrong for choosing this coffee. Is it risky? Uh, can be because, you know, it's through the CX, uh, which is uh, Ethiopian uh, Commodity Exchange. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically with that is like, you know, and I know this sounds bad. It's like, you know, it's a bunch of farmers, you know, that, you know, can't sell to an individual roaster. So basically what they're doing is it's going through the government. So is it nameless and faceless? Well, kind of, you know, the region it comes from. But the, the one thing about it that is really interesting is that rather being from a specific farm, it's from a community of farmers. And, you know, what we experience and, and celebrate is their collective whole. Sure. So, um, kind of the same thing to you. I mean, you, you picked a coffee as well, Adam. Yeah. I what, also, what? uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I also picked an Ethiopian Yerga chef. Okay. Um, because it was one of my favorites. Sure. It had been pulling great for me recently. And since we were so close to the competition, I figured we would get similar results. Right. Which so. I mean, makes a lot of sense. I mean, it, especially under a rush time frame, you don't have all that time to frame your story right. quite as maybe quite as deep as that. Mm -hmm. which I find that really interesting, the contrast, because, um, you know, knowing Tony, I've seen him prep for these competitions uh, a couple times before, and it's, you know, it's it's an intense thing for yeah. you. I know you spend a lot of time and effort prepping for the competition. Yeah. and Because it, it's, it's a pretty serious thing for you. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy it. Uh, no matter how good I do or how bad I do, uh, the goal is just to get better each and every time. Uh, but for the most part, it's like I really enjoy them, you know, and, uh, you know, it's really tough in the beginning because, you know, when you are spending two to three months and you're doing like, you know, uh, three to four times a week of practice, uh, hours upon hours, you know, it can be really uplifting or it can be really frustrating. Sure. Same yeah. holds true for a short time frame. Mm -hmm. well, I can imagine. Many practice sessions were really rewarding. Like, wow, I've come a long way in five days. Others were less so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. So, I mean, for you in the in that time frame, what what kind of emotions did that bring out? I mean, I'm going to talk about this again in the context of the competition itself, but just the prep um, and that time frame. How, how did that affect you? Um, honestly, in some ways, I think it was a great thing. It didn't allow me to overthink my routine too much. I had to just commit to something, go with it. And luckily it worked reasonably well for me. Mm -hmm. All right. So we talked a little bit about the prep and actually I, I do want to do one more thing because I, I found this interesting. Um, and this, it's jumping a little bit ahead towards one of your, towards your signature drink. Mm -hmm. And I know you worked, um, I'm pretty sure you worked with one of the local bartenders yep. as part of your signature drink. Mm -hmm. um, who were you working with on that one? I was working with uh, uh, Chuck Sarankowski and uh, Donnie Clutterbuck mm. uh, of Cure Bar sure. in Rochester. Uh, Donnie heads up uh, 
um, the USBG, which is a United States Bartender Guild. Uh, he represents the local chapter here in Rochester. Uh, so uh, basically, I had them come over to the shop and I had them, um, you know, try the espresso and see what they were tasting out of it. You know, I just wouldn't just say, oh, this is what you're going to taste out of it. I wanted them to tell me what they tasted out of it. And then I could tell them what I was tasting out of it. And then we were just coming up uh, very close with answers and stuff. Same with the cappuccino. Sure. So uh, then we came up with uh, the signature beverage. Um, basically, you know, we had uh, notes of apricot, plum, and honey in the uh, espresso shots, and it has to kind of like correlate with the um, with the signature beverage. Uh, so basically what we did is like we know in apricots and plum is that there's uh, some malic acid and citric acid. Uh, so uh, I don't know if you want me to go into that a little bit or wait. A I'm going to hold off on that. I, I think it's – I just found it interesting. I know you collaborate a lot with the local, mm-hmm. with the local scene as part of your competition, which um, – I think sometimes it's a bit of a disconnect for people that coffee is a local thing because mm-hmm. obviously it's both of your coffees are grown in Ethiopia, mm-hmm. but still coffee, especially in this community is very local driven. Yeah. Um, and I know even though Adam was a little more, it was compressed, but he had his community of people helping oh, him out. Goodness. Mm-hmm. More than I could even express. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone, people I didn't even know were jumping to help me and it blew my mind. Yeah. So, I mean, what what was the one that surprised you the most when you were just got into it? That um, well, I was trying to practice on one of our pumps, like really small pump machines that we have at Jovine, and we didn't have a basket that would fil- fit our porta filter to fit into the machine mm-hmm. that would mimic what I was doing at the competition. So, uh, Brian, uh, with Rochester Espresso Tech came through and well he tried to at least i don't think we ultimately found one but i didn't even know the guy and he was trying to find me equipment on which to practice um also whole latte love opened up their space for me to go in and practice in a setting that was more similar to what i would be doing at the competition that's awesome i mean that's that's just that i think that's the cool stuff that Mm -hmm. um when you're again this the whole thing that the reason I wanted to talk about this is because it's a community-driven thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you two guys working at different places, and still everybody's there supporting each other. Everybody's there, although doing their own thing. But every, I mean, everybody's there to show Rochester's on the map to show that we're we're real deal. We care about what we're doing. Definitely. Um, so, taking a step back to the competition itself, I want to talk a little bit about what you actually did. What what is the competition? And uh, what goes into what goes into the judging? Um, I, I'll let Adam do the first part. So, what what is the what is the competition? The competition is within a ten minute time frame, serving a round of espressos, a round of milk drinks, and a round of signature beverages to two sensory judges. And at the same time, you are judged by two technical judges on stuff like tamping, dosing, waste, and um, the uh, sensory judges make up the majority of your score. So you're trying to just make those drinks as well as you can for them. Right. And it's not just the quality of the beverage, but also calling out specific flavors and having that match what they actually taste. Right. So for that, I know Tony and I have talked about this in the past. 
the descriptions are critical to what you're doing, right? Yeah, uh, they are. I mean, it's not just, you know, we were talking about it earlier. It's like, you know, what if they did have something that was unpleasant, though, but it was like, well, you're going to taste burnt rubber. You're going to taste uh, some, <laughs> uh, some uh, you know, other offensive thing. And, you know, if they tasted those things, then they could probably give you a good score for that. I mean, mm. realistically, I mean, because that's what it is. It's like, you know, it's not it is a service competition, but it's also like being able to uh, for them to understand mm. why they taste like that. Which is interesting. And so the, the format of this competition, um, having watched some of the videos in the past, is slightly different in that this year was two judges and two of each of your drinks versus what I understand the format of the national competition to be still, which is four judges, mm-hmm. right? four of each drink in a 15-minute time frame. Correct. Yes. So obviously for Adam, you know, it's new, so it's exactly what you expected it was. Right. Um, well, I'd watched Wade prepping for last year, so and that was a big, Wade, big help. Wade uh, Reed, currently the uh, head, roaster head roaster at Joe right. Bean. Um, so, yeah, and I, I'd seen some before as well, so it was a departure from what I was used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Tony, I mean, you'd done it twice before. Yeah. How, how did you find the, the difference between the format uh, this year versus the years before? Um, I found the format all right, uh, for the most part. Um, your prep time in the morning, though, you get, usually you get like a half an hour mm-hmm. to practice. And, uh, basically that is really, really helpful in dialing in your espresso. You're not doing your routine during that time. All you're doing is dialing in your espresso, setting your parameters, and then you being able to like, you know, get it the best that you can get it to be. Uh, so com- dialing down to like 20 minutes to practice and then, you know, you can make mistakes. And then once you make mistakes, then you just, once your time's up, that's it. You have to go with what you have. Mm, interesting. So at that point, you I mean anything that's, anything that's weird, unless you tweak it on the fly mm-hmm. and it's going to be completely unpredictable in comparison. Yeah. I, I mean, here's the thing about these grinders. I mean, they're awesome grinders. They're Malconin K30s. Uh, but what's really interesting is like, all right, you were competing hours after you practiced uh, and dialing in. So your setup time is only 10 minutes. So you're trying to set up your station in the aspect of like, oh, this looks nice. This looks presentable. This looks like, you know, uh, a casual, like sort of like dining experience. Right. Uh, but during that time, uh, you got to be able to, uh, set your parameters into the grinder, which is great. But then you... You don't know if it's changed because, mm. you know, coffee does change throughout the day. So what you pulled earlier is not going to be the same of what you pull uh, two to three hours later. Mm. That uh, ended up working massively in my favor. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what, what happened to you on that front? So in my 20 minutes of practice first thing in the morning, nothing was working as it had previously. Like I used a roast that was four days or sorry, coffee that was four days off roast which is what I had practiced with earlier in the week. And just nothing was working. There was an astringent finish on everything I pulled. But when it came time for competition, the very first shot I pulled to get dialed in in my 10 minutes prep time was one of the best shots I've ever tasted, which just made everything so much easier. Did How did, did that relax you once you, once you tasted it? I mean, beer helped too. But, <laughs> <laughs> but 
No, it massively, <laughs> massively relaxed me. It made me feel so much better about how everything was going to go because that's, that's it. That is what you are doing. Your espresso is actually the majority of your score. The yeah. cig drink and the milk drinks don't weigh nearly as heavily as the espressos do. All right, so let, let, let's talk about that for a second. So when you're getting down to the competition, and we'll, we'll start with that because we were just talking about it. Uh, when you get there, your time's about to start. How much of your mind is able to able to do what you do on a daily basis, what you do all the time, what you're comfortable with, and how much are you focused on everything else and you're forgetting about it? So I'm focused more on everything else because what I do from day to day is pretty well there, with the exception of working day to day on a lever machine and having to switch to a pump machine. But thanks to all the people that stepped in, I've been able to practice that so much. Like I completely stopped working espresso at Joe Bean as soon as I found out that I was going just to get myself more in the mind frame of these are the motions I need to go through instead of what I'm used to for a lever. Yeah. I imagine that's, you know, when you're used to something every day and that's been your experience through your whole time. Very, very hard. And also the grinders were completely new to me. Um, actually a company in Kansas City majorly came through for me. Uh, it was a lab called All About Coffee and they opened up their space in three hour blocks for competitors to come in. And the majority of that for me was getting used to the grinders, dialing in with them, learning to adjust that quickly so that I could adjust even on the fly in the competition if I had to. That's huge. Yeah. So for you, and we're not going to talk about the actual presentation quite yet because uh, I want to get into that because, yeah, it's a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> but for you, I mean, how did it how did it feel for you this time getting into the competition mode once you were there? I was pretty confident before everything started. I mean, uh, I did, I mean, I did run throughs every single night multiple times. Uh, and you know, I timed everything out and my timing was, uh, about, you know, you know, eight fifty five, which is about a minute under. And, uh, I, I felt really confident about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, I felt good beforehand. Uh, but once you start and well, I'm sure we'll talk more about that. Yeah. And, oh, for but, sure. Yeah. Um, it's good, but we'll talk about what happened later. But what, once yeah. you start, and well, now's the time. Mm -hmm. Once you start, your 10 minutes, you, you call your time, mm -hmm. and then your time starts. Yep. And it's a 10-minute time frame. And once you're over, it's a pretty big penalty, right, once you get over your time? Yeah, so once you hit 10 minutes, uh, points start to be deducted. It's a, uh, For every second after 10 minutes, at 11 minutes, uh, there's a total of 60 points that can be deducted. Mm. Um, Which was so much bigger this year in comparison to the previous year because the penalty did not change, but the amount of total points did. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So that's a much larger percentage of your score. It could be up to one-sixth of your score, I think, mm -hmm. roughly. Which is Which that's, is massive. That's a lot. Yeah. 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 So now you, I believe, I'm... You both of you competed on day four of the competition, correct? Correct. correct. So I'm going to give a little preface. Uh, I did watch these after the fact, and I think they're still up on the um, on the website for that regional competition. Mm -hmm. They are. So if you do want to go watch it, um, both Tony and Adam's uh, runs are on day four of the competition. I don't remember the timestamps offhand, but I don't either. I'm going to pretend like I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is just shy of five hours. Okay. It's like 4.58. And I think Tony's was in the two-hour range, yeah. if I remember correctly. I think Tony was 
just shy of three. Okay. Because I the first time I watched it was on my cell phone, which cut me off at three hours, and it was in the middle of Tony's presentation. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So if you do want to go watch these, you should go check it out on the website, and there's tons of competition on there. If you're interested in this, it's a really interesting resource to understand not only how it looks, because they did a great job recording it, yeah. but you can when you watch it and you watch a few of them, you get a real feel for what people are expecting, what they're doing. And let's get into the competition itself. All so right. start with Tony, uh, because we were just getting there. Mm-hmm. You started your time, and what was in your head? And I don't know if you've gone back and watched it. Uh, yeah, I did. Um, so... <laughs> With calling time, I felt very confident, ready to to start. I started my speech, and I felt really good about that. Uh, Not really speech, but, you know, my routine, and I felt really good about it. Right. Um, Now, going into the part where you're starting to pull your first shots, um, you know, maybe you guys won't be able to see it out in the audience, but the barista sees it. And also the uh, judges can see what's happening. Mm-hmm. So um, what happened with me is like, all right, I had my espresso dial, then fine. Uh, then all of a sudden, when you dose out your reporter filters um, and you tamp and everything like that, you're supposed to insert into the group head and immediately brew. Mm-hmm. So I did that, but... I didn't press hard enough on the left portafilter, uh, which were the espresso shots. And, you know, everything, my time is in my head. So uh, my times were very consistent, but the, it wasn't for this one. Because I, when I started counting, it's like, oh, these shots haven't started yet. So they were overextracted. So you didn't use a timer? Nope. Okay. Cool. Nope. So, I mean, explain what you're, what you're saying there. I, I did use a timer to make sure that I would keep track of exactly how long my shots were running okay and i actually ran into the same issue with the machine i was working on where i put it and i pushed the button but just didn't get it hard enough i guess and it did not start right away Hmm. i don't think that one cost me any points though Mm -hmm. yeah but for you it got you off your rhythm a little bit yeah because then if i wasn't thinking about that then i would have been able to flow through my routine a little bit better uh i did recover though in the middle uh, yeah. especially pulling the second shots uh, for the cappuccino and everything, which we were, they were spot on, uh, you know. Uh, so I was I was happy about that. But then they said, oh, you have 30 seconds left, and I didn't get to finish my, you know, closing uh, sort of like thing. So I'm just like, thank you, time, and that's it. Right. So, and coming from my perspective, and I'll talk about when I watch these, um, even though I already knew kind of a little what happened, I... I watched them a few days later. I got to say, it was nerve-wracking mm-hmm. watching it because I know both you guys, and I know your passion. It was it was, it was was hard to watch, even though you both did reasonably well. And I was like, I, I, it's, it was difficult mm-hmm. because even though you know I couldn't see the technical thing that happened to you, I could see how it affected you mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. I could see you weren't. You know, Tony's a smooth guy when he's talking. He's passionate. He's got the, he understands coffee. He understands his product. He understands what he's doing and why. And it usually comes across really well. Mm-hmm. And you could see it, it, you could see it affect you. Mm-hmm. And you, you should have heard, I mean, uh, my wife and I were watching. I'm like, oh, oh no, this is, this is exactly what you don't want to happen. Mm-hmm. After 
spending the time, spending yeah. all that effort prepping for the competition to have just a little thing derail you off of your path. Yeah. And then it's great that you recovered too. Yeah. I've, you know, I felt, you know, I did what I needed to do. And uh, basically I knew that the first shots were not going to be scored well. Uh, but you really don't have that much time in the aspect of like, if you had that time to do it a little bit more, it's like, oh, I gotta, I'm gonna repull these shots for you. Right. Maybe that's what I should have done, but uh, you know, there's there's timing and stuff like that, and you don't want to go over ten minutes, so it's just like right. it's a risk that you take. I mean, uh, I was talking to some other competitors. Uh, I was um, talking to Eden Marie. Abramovich, uh, who uh, you out sort of, uh, out of which uh, what place? Uh, she was on the West Coast. She placed eighth, uh, and she's been known to like you know uh, win regionals and everything like that. Okay. Um, but she was saying like I saw her, and she's a seasoned competitor. And when I was watching her her competition, I saw that she something didn't go right in in the beginning, and she's very very good. So to see her like pouring her milk drinks. And seeing, you know, oh, she's human, you know? It's like people look at them and you're like, wow, this person is a really good person. You know, they're really good at presenting and stuff. Right. But And she's really good at representing. But then to see her, you just, just be like, kind of like frustrated a little bit. It's like, wow, that's good. It's, it's hard. It really is. Right. And because, so taking a step back before we get into, you know, Adam's competition, the the spectrum of people competing isn't just people who have been doing this for 10 years. Mm -hmm. It's for, for newer people. And I'm going to put Adam in that category. I mean, a year and a half, one of definitely one of the newer people there Mm -hmm. to seasoned competitors from all around the country, West coast, East coast. Um, You know, just looking at, looking at the score sheet. um, I mean, a lot of places I've heard of, I'm certainly not a coffee expert, but you know, you see Madcap, you see Intelligentsia, you see, um, you see Blue Bottle, you see La Colombe, in places I know I've heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just the people working the line every day. Sometimes it's the owners. Mm-hmm. It's the people competed in nationals for, for a long time. Yeah. So it's, it seems like it's a great way to intermix and say, hey, we're all in the same place. We're yeah. all working towards... We're towards being good at our craft. Yeah. I mean, it's really cool, actually, because, uh, you know, you hear these shops and then, you know, you're like, oh, Madcap, they're they're so awesome. You know, I, I really enjoy their coffee. Right. And then next thing you know, you're standing at a table next to Trevor Corlett, who yeah. owns Madcap. And you're just like, he's like, hey, man, what's up? And you're just <laughs> like, you know, you're a coffee celebrity. And, you know, I, you know, I really... I really haven't made a name for myself in in national sort of platform, but you know that's cool that you know it's not you know oh I'm too good for you or anything like that. You know what I right. mean? There's a lot of like camaraderie and stuff. Which I think for me, I think that's the part that really engaged me and why I, when it got mentioned, why I wanted to learn more about this whole thing mm-hmm. is that it really is the intermingling of everybody, because when it comes down to it, on any given day with the preparation that you do, anybody could have won that day. Mm-hmm. You know, it could, it could have been Adam. It could have been the guy that's been there for 10 years. Yeah. Um, and I, I find that thing fascinating because any given day, any great competitor, like you said, um, and actually let's, I mean, we're not going to go in depth, but so I know like Wade went, Wade Reed. Right. He went in the past and he'd done well. And he went in the past and he hadn't done well. Yeah, same with Ben. 
right. Venturiano, the owner. And both of them relatively intense mm-hmm. uh, prepar- preppers for this kind of thing. Relatively yeah. intense people. In Re- relatively yeah. intense people. And I know they prepped, and I know they would have done as best as they could. For sure. But it can go south for anybody. Mm-hmm. It can go great for anybody on that day. Yeah. I, I just like the... I like that equality of the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. Because it's the whole, you know, the joy of victory and, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, the agony of defeat on any given day. You can walk away feeling the best or the worst. Yeah. I found that awesome. Yeah. Um, So let's go into, I mean, so Tony, let's finish up with you real quick. Mm -hmm. So you ended up, uh, the scores were out of how many? Uh, out of 430, I think, was the scores. Uh, the I highest you can get is 430, I, I believe. Okay. Um, so I landed, I think, 247.5. Correct. I'm looking at the list right now. Okay. Nice job. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, am I happy with that score? I The way that I look at that score is like, all right, it's more than 50%. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, but also... Um, if I was to, and I don't know if it works this way, but if I added it up, like if there were, you know, two more judges and stuff, I would have beat my score last year. And I did really good last year, too. I mean, uh, last year I was uh, top 10 for the Northeast, which was very, very um, exciting for me. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I mean, as long as I don't do worse than uh, the year before, you know what I mean? It's sure. like It's always to get better and better. You know what? If I win, great. I, of course, you want to win, but it's like just see where you are. Are you growing, you know? Are you growing in, in your skills as like presenting or even like being a, a coffee professional? Right. So, and your, your rating puts you, you know, middle of the pack, you know, one thing plus or minus mm-hmm. um, puts you, you know, 10 spots higher yeah. pretty easily. Um, and you were saying what what – what do you think was your most successful part of your presentation? I would have to say the milk round yeah. uh, was pretty pretty good. I mean, uh, my judges told me that it was the best cappuccino that they tasted out of all the milk drinks that they have had. And I, that's really encouraging for me. And they were just like, you know, it scored a, a five out of six. So I was really happy with that. Uh, the espressos uh, scored the lowest. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a two. And the signature beverage was 3.5 okay. out of 6. So were, were there any technical things that grabbed you as something you'd want to work on for the next time? Uh, I think the way that I talk is like I work off bullet points, basically. Mm-hmm. When I'm getting a new coffee in, I learn the facts on the coffee. And then I roast the coffee, and then I cup the coffee, and then I uh, pull it as a, an espresso and see how it tastes. And... Um, I try to like, you know, see what I'm tasting out of it and then get feedback off the, off the customers. Well, what are you tasting? And is this making sense to you? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if I'm answering the question. What, what was the <laughs> I'm, I'm going off on this aspect, but like uh No, it's okay. But, I, I, I appreciate the tangent. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, keep on keep on going for um, a second. So with that, it's like how I'm prepping is like, all right, what I want to do is like I commute on a uh communicate on an individual basis you know i'm not a presenter you know i'm not in that aspect of like i'm here to read a script to you of what i know and uh i don't do well that way and this year uh you know i thought it would do well for me but it didn't yeah uh because i completely forgot my script and the thing is i feel like i do better once i'm just you know being 
real with someone in the right. aspect of like, hey, this is me. This is this is what I have for you, and this is what I know about it, and I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I think that I think that really plays into not only you as a person, mm-hmm. but you and your and your business. Mm-hmm. That's the feel I've always gotten there is it's a real place. Mm-hmm. There's no pretenses, even though you're serving a specialty coffee product. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always found it approachable and you know, the people who I who I've met there mm-hmm. they tend to be I, I don't want to use the word a you know, they're they're real people. They're a little it's a little gritty. It's a little this, it's a little that. It's mm-hmm. it's a real place. Yep. Um and I, I I'm glad you mentioned it because I think that's your strength when it comes to this stuff is going off the cuff a little mm-hmm. bit because yeah. you're a well researched guy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I think that's that'll be really cool to see that yeah the next time. And I think that's what really worked in my favor last year is like I knew the facts of the coffee that I had. Not that I didn't this year, I did. But I didn't really write a script. I was just me, you know? Yeah. This That's is, cool. This is what I have for you. And uh, I think, uh, you know, even even though those shots didn't pull great, I think, you know, my whole presentation would have went better if I would have just been like, you know what? I'm throwing everything out the window in the aspect of I'm just going to be me and I'm going to talk to you the way that I would talk to you at my shop. Sure. So. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's dive into Adams. So... You did your prep, and you're about to hit your hit your button for ten minutes, which is your, your verbal button for ten minutes. Oh no, it was an actual. Button. Oh, it's an actual button. There was an actual button. Again. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I didn't know if you, I didn't know if it was you had the, to... the end time is verbal. Okay. But the start timer is an actual button. Very cool. So that you can wait until whenever you're comfortable to start it and go. All right. So uh, you hit your button and. How did your presentation go in your head? Um, to start, it went great. Like everything seemed to be going according to plan. My dial-in time was perfect in my eyes. Um, it wasn't until I finished pulling my espressos that I started second-guessing myself because I was just a couple grams over what I was shooting for, which historically was totally fine, but I wasn't one hundred percent sure, and that started to throw me just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about repulling them, which in retrospect may have been wise with how much extra time I had left at the end. Because you finished at... I, I was practically done by 8 minutes and 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. I took a whole minute to clean up and called time at like 9.35. Right. So you started. You start off pretty smooth. Your espresso went... Okay. Okay. It was okay. They didn't taste everything I told them was there, but most of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said it was a little stringent on the finish in uh, the debrief, which actually was the most valuable part of the mm-hmm. whole experience to me. At the end, the judges give you sc- your score sheets, and you can go talk to anyone who judged you individually, and they will run you through your entire presentation. Oh, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Which and from- was massively useful. And that, to me, was actually like the heart of the competition. They're like, yeah, this is what went really well. This is what could have gone better. Like, This is what you should look for next time yeah. and you should feel good about these things. I, I, it's, yeah. That's a great community aspect yeah, of the thing. Too. It was absolutely wonderful. Um, and especially since you've got, you've got judges, like you said before, for sensory, meaning the taste, right. The, taste you know, the look, taste and texture. You got the technicals looking at, looking at your station, looking at how you're tamping, looking at everything else, your, your weights. Um, so that, that's got to be great feedback for you. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So you did your espresso. Did my espressos. Moving uh, in. I moved right into my signature drink. So you went signature drink second. Yes, I did. They give you completely free reign as to what order you chose. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, signature drink seemed logical to me because I thought it was a reasonable representation of the espresso itself. So what, what did you do for your signature drink? I did the very first thing that came to my mind when I thought about the espresso, and that was a lassi, which is an Indian yogurt drink, because there's this really strong like yogurty presence in that Ethiopia yoga chef that we have. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what is more yogurt than creamy yogurt drink? <laughs> <laughs> and the idea was, I mean, most Indian restaurants you go to have like mango lassi on the menu, and I right. thought that like pineapple that's also really strong in there would shine through nicely and it ended up being okay for the first attempt when I was trying to come up with a sick beverage. So I just went with it full steam ahead. Yeah. Well, and you didn't um, have time to second guess it no, too much. Not either. at all. Not at all. You had enough time to come up with something, come up with an idea and put it together. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as long as you stay with the same thing, you practiced it, you had the chance to, um, chance to know it better. Right. Instead of trying three, four things and coming with one at the last minute. So the sick drink was definitely where I made my technical files, so to speak. So what ha- what happened with your signature drink? Quite a few things. Uh, first off, I forgot to tear my scales when I was pulling my shots. So the judges noted, uh, this didn't cost me any points, but the judges noted hesitation when I was taking the shots off the scale to go actually prepare the drink. A second... Um, this one was not, no, second was known to me. It was uh, the cardamom that I was garnishing with. I dropped my sifter on the judge's table. And despite a smooth recovery, I thought they still definitely noted the drop. Sure. Despite like cleaning it up and everything. Mm-hmm. And what really cost me, uh, two things actually, which one of which I didn't realize until a couple days ago, I did not call any flavors for the signature drink. Oh, interesting. So I got zero for uh, accuracy of taste descriptors. And I also got a zero for taste balance because I made another mistake. And when I was straining the mixture into their glasses, I did not completely empty the pitcher. And since I only used one shot per beverage, the fact that there was anything at all left in that pitcher meant that each beverage did not have one full shot of espresso in it, thus essentially disqualifying me for that category. So, and that's something that I learned as part of this is that the signature drink and um, actually leave Tony, cause he's mentioned this to me before. So the signature drink has to be what, what, what does it have to be? Uh, from my understanding uh, of anything that I've read about or anything that I was told was it has to be fluid with what you're tasting in the espresso. So for my espresso, I, noted uh apricot plum and honey so basically well how do you recreate that in in your signature beverage um so with me what i did is i uh i used um the espresso but basically what i did is um i put it over ice and i added uh about 60 milliliters of uh espresso uh 30 milliliters of milk uh, about 15 milliliters of lime acid, 15 milliliters of a simple syrup, 
and then uh, 7.5 milliliters of a honey simple syrup. Now, the reason why I chose the lime acid is because uh, it is composed of 500 milliliters of water with 10 grams of malic acid and 16 grams of citric acid. And if you look at apricots and plums, uh, that's the acidity that's found is uh, malic and uh, citric. Cool. Yeah, and I, I know that's you obviously did a lot of research into mm-hmm. that balance trying to get that right. Yep. And it's a really cool ingredient that they've been using at Cure Yep. Uh, in some of their cocktails, and I, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was pretty unique yeah. for area right now. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what I remembered from the description was you had to had to be espresso forward. Yep, espresso forward, and that that's the that's the dominant mm-hmm. thing. And as Adam was talking about, it had to be a whole shot per drink. Correct, and that that was a definite requirement: one whole Absolutely. shot per drink. And that's where you one of the reasons why you fell off there and you didn't get any, any points. points for taste and flavor. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So. That sort of puts you in a bad position. Yes. Moving into your moving Despite into your the signature drink. beverage being one of like the least weighted parts of the competition. Right. That, yeah. Unbeknownst to me at the time, majorly cost me. Right. Which I suppose is actually probably pretty good that you didn't know it at the time. Oh, absolutely. I that mean, would've... it would have been good if you knew to do it right. For sure. But <laughs> having the composure to stay on and do the milk drink right. without even knowing that I needed to have that composure. Definitely good. I just yeah. kept going. Right. Mm-hmm. So moving on to your milk drink. Um, both of you guys did cappuccinos, correct? Uh, I did not, Oh, actually. you didn't? I thought you did. Okay. No. Um, the Joe Bean cappuccino is what I was trying to recreate. Okay. And since they require a single shot and Joe Bean caps are a double shot, I cut the ratio to equal that. So I did one shot of espresso and about three ounces of milk. Okay. So I guess it would probably qualify as a macchiato i'm not 100 percent sure but i didn't name it on purpose because we didn't need to yeah if you did name it you have then to know have exactly to meet, exactly right. mm-hmm. because as soon as you name something and that's always been meet, one of my pet right. peeves mm-hmm. if you're calling it something it should, it be, should be that be thing. something mm-hmm. exactly yeah now what was your uh total ounces for that was it four ounces it was i think just shy of four just but it was about four yeah yeah it depends on how much of a mis- meniscus i got on top yeah yeah and now we're using technical terms. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> so your milk drinks, uh, how did they go for you? Uh, they went great. I thought the shots were a little short, but that matters a little less when you're adding milk. And the judges were both very high on my milk drinks. Nice. They said they were great. And I scored, I think, a 4 and a 4.5 on those. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have yeah. gotten more head. Uh, my taste descriptors matched a little more. I called a dried raspberry that they didn't get, and they both, I think, got like a coconut that I didn't call. Okay. I said uh, raspberry as well, and they didn't get any raspberry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lousy raspberries. They got cashew, though. <laughs> there you go. I don't like raspberries to begin with, so next year, no raspberries, no raspberries. guys. <laughs> um, so presentation-wise, how did you feel your presentation went? Reasonably well. There were a few lines I was aware of, like things I wanted to say but didn't, or things that didn't come out right as I was envisioning them. Because mm. I'm not someone who is really great at speaking on the fly. I need to like take the time to think about what I'm going to say and then say it. So maybe a script would have been more helpful for me. I did write a script, but I didn't practice from it. Like Kind of like Tony, I was using bullet points. I wanted it to be as natural as possible. Yeah. For me. Mm-hmm. 
I, I think what, what came across for me was I thought your personality was there. That's mm-hmm. what I was going for, 100%. I mean, I when I watched it, it was you, 100%. Yep. There was no mistaking it. You weren't trying to be anybody else mm-hmm. other than you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and delighted that showed through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you could tell you were a little nervous. Well, for sure. But, I mean, that's to be expected. But there was, we watched it, and we're like, oh, Adam's competing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little bit awkward. It's a little bit this. But he's... Right. He's serving like he's serving you at the shop, mostly. Exactly. You know, it's a little bit right. Obviously, a little I mean, more formal and a little more this and that. But it was, you know, it was Adam. Right. Which is what I was I was happiest with with your presentation was. I'm extremely glad you felt that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I that was that made us really happy watching it that you were able to do that, especially your first time out. Yeah. That you're able just to be you. That that was my goal from the start. Yeah. So from your perspective, I know you said you went back and watched it. Yes. How was it going back and watching it? What what drove you crazy about the whole thing? Things that I missed. Yeah. Knowing I missed. Like watching and not hearing myself call any flavors for the sick drink was major bummer. That's hard, yeah. Yeah. For sure. So that's I but, mean, that's that's gotta be weird going back and watching yourself. I know from my perspective, trying to listen to myself talk is infuriating. I hate it. Right. Mm. And also seeing how much time I had left at the end and not repulling my espressos because I had a chance to repull those and they probably wouldn't have come out any worse. So that's something I maybe wish I'd have attempted, mm-hmm. but who knows? Yeah. So you came out at um, 249.5. Correct. Um same basic ranges where Tony was. Exactly. Um, how was, so from your perspective as a, as a newbie to the competition, how do you feel about the whole thing? Where, where did this put you, where did this put you mentally? I feel great. And again, like Tony, it was not about the score for me. It was about making everyone that I work for proud, everyone Mm -hmm. I work around, everyone who is associated in any way, shape or form with Joe Bean or Rochester, even proud. And everyone I talked to, said that I did just that. Yeah. And my second requirement was that I make tasty drinks. <laughs> and the judges, particularly when I was being debriefed, said that everything was very tasty. Like yeah. even my signature drink that they couldn't score me on, they made sure to write down in the comments, Sigbev, very tasty. Yeah. So I, f- I felt great. And that, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, did you get to meet different people that you were looking to or not necessarily looked to meet, but did you get to network a little bit? And not nearly as much as I would have hoped yeah. with my short time frame, I mean, we brought our mini profit tech machine into our hotel room, <laughs> did a little <laughs> setup and I was practicing doing run throughs as much as I could. That's great. Or at least as much as my brain could handle. <laughs> mm-hmm. The day before was definitely the worst. I don't know that I did any run throughs actually the very day before yeah. like I tried to start a couple times, but, it just wasn't coming together for me. Yeah. I think that was really when nerves set in because prior to that, I wasn't nervous and I had no reason to be because I didn't have anything solidified. Uh, the day before on Wednesday, the day before the day before, so two days before the competition on Wednesday, I had like really good run throughs. Like my last run through of the night would have like almost guaranteed gotten me into the finals. Right. So knowing that I could produce that and all of a sudden, having nerves hidden that I might not. Mm-hmm. That's, really when, that's when it started. started throwing me off. Yeah. But again, that's where I cannot advocate enough for beer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm dead serious. We made yeah. a quick beer run like an hour before I was supposed to compete. And 
threw a couple back and then everything was fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's it, as much it, as people have always joked about it. Sometimes, I mean, you have to be within yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I will very freely say it. I perform better on espresso when I've been drinking. Yeah. I don't think about things as much and I just do what I know and everything just flows. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I've found it. So just from a feedback perspective from my side, you know, we, we were able to see you competing and I know I watched a, watched a brief video of the guys watching you back at Joe Bean. Oh my God. That mm-hmm. completely <laughs> blew my mind. And you, you could see the, just the, just the excitement and almost jubilation that, from the guys when you finish. That was the defining moment for me. Like seeing that up there, I think Jim put it up on Instagram. Yeah. That just made me feel beyond ecstatic. Yeah. I mean, I've it never was felt anything like that before. Yeah. It, it was, it was weirdly emotional just seeing. Yeah. Cause I've, I've been since almost the first day you started, I've been seeing you. Oh yeah. You've been there from seeing you from day one, right. Seeing you grow from, yeah. you know, not making espresso at the beginning. Right. From just brewing coffee to getting competent to getting good and just watching the progression. I mean, I'm honored that you feel that way. <laughs> but but seeing but seeing that, mm-hmm. that was you know, it was I'm not I'm not a guy to, you know, shed tears of emotion, but it was <laughs> it was emotional when mm-hmm. I saw it. It was like, Oh, this is everybody was behind it. I thought it was I just it, I loved it. It was fascinating. It was incredible. Yeah. 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 Plus, I mean, I, I'm driving it home a little bit just because I've when I talk to anybody, whether it's people who were there, weren't there, everybody was rooting for one another. Yep. And I, I just loved that. And we're, we're a small, we're a small specialty coffee community. <laughs> We've got three roasters mm-hmm. basically in the specialty coffee world right now. Yeah. And it's not, there's just a few more shops that are doing that kind of stuff, but that's what we've got. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it is a small community, and I love to see everybody trying to do their best, trying to work together a little bit. And it, it's, it was great to see everybody doing doing something new for themselves. Because yeah. I know you, I mean, you did all the prep. You crashed. <laughs> and <laughs> right. to, see, to see you guys come through and mm-hmm. deliver good performances was, for my, it was really gratifying for me. Yeah. And it's it's great. What what was your what is your biggest takeaways? I mean, you know, Tony from your third time. What was your biggest takeaway? Um, I just really enjoy uh, just going to these competitions and being able to to network with people, uh, being able to meet people, being able to like pick their brain about uh, you know certain things you know that they struggle with you know uh, during competition. Yeah. Uh, or what they're excited about, or um, you know, you know, like I said, it's what I take away from it is just knowledge of how to get better as as a as a barista. And, yeah. and, and, and you know, in your shop life, you know, you you, you know your your um, the things that you're doing, and uh, but you know, after you do your competition and stuff, it's like, oh, am I still doing these things? You're double checking on yourself, which is really cool. So it's like. One of uh, some of my baristas and I are talking about, you know what, we're just going to do this all throughout the year. We're going to pick a coffee and then we're just going to compete with these coffees, you know, just set up like mock competitions for customers to come and see. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. So kind of the whole steel sharpening steel thing that you're yeah. once you're when you're trying to perform at a higher level, mm-hmm. I think 
I found this in my own competitive endeavors. The more you try to compete at a higher level, the sharper you get. Mm-hmm. And you, you can't ignore the little things anymore. You can't ignore that stuff. It yeah. doesn't be, it's not just routine anymore. It becomes, this is, you're focused on the little things. Yeah. Um, what I'm really excited about, though, is like for next year. Yeah. I believe, I haven't talked to Joe Bean. I haven't talked to uh, Glenn Edith. But uh, I know, like, there, we might be doing another qualifier next year. So if we do another qualifier, it'd be kind of cool to see, you know, how many shops in Rochester are going to go to this. Oh, sure. Whether it's like Glen Edith, whether it's like Joe Bean or, or even Fuego. Right. And there might be, you know, some other people too. So Sure. So from you, Adam, you know, we've talked about the whole process for you. I mean, from start to finish, two weeks. A week in less, a week less in than, that, than the competition. Sure. What was what's your biggest takeaway from the whole thing? I mean, honestly, it's exactly the same as Tony's. Yeah, like getting all of that professional feedback, like really focusing in on all of the details that I wasn't necessarily before, like cups being aligned exactly the same way at the machine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something I really didn't think about too much before. I just grabbed them and went. But mm-hmm. now that's completely in my brain. How my rags are folded. Um, I thought I'd even taken care during the competition to make sure my rags were neat, but I got cited for having floppy rags. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm constantly looking at those now. I've noticed I'm tamping more consistently now. Just lots of things that I've been practicing for the competition are really starting to translate. And this is only like a week or two removed. That's awesome. So it, it's great. Yeah. Well, I think that's, I think that's really wanted, what I really wanted to cover today. And I'm glad you guys were both able to come over and talk about this because it's exciting that Rochester's competing at that level. And obviously we have been for a few years now. Mm-hmm. But it's exciting to see it continuing, to see new people trying it. And, you know, I, I'm excited to see what's next for yeah. Rochester as we as we keep on going. We make a name for ourselves in all different aspects, both in the coffee scene, in the um, in the craft cocktail scene, in the food scene. We're, we're at that precipice right now. Rochester's ready to be a national player on all these scenes. Yeah. And I'm really excited to see to have both of you guys over to talk about the coffee part of it today. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been fun. So let's do your plugs real quick. Adam, where are they going to find you? Jovine Coffee Roasters, 1344 <laughs> University Avenue. Uh, we will be having my signature beverage on the bar this Wednesday for happy hour from 5 to 7. Awesome. That's really so cool. That that could be fun. I can't wait to try that. Absolutely. <laughs> and Tony, where where can people find you? Fuego Coffee Roasters, one sixty seven Liberty Pole Way. Uh, we also have a location at Monroe Community College in the Brighton campus. Super. Uh, so yeah, that's where you can find us. Awesome. Well, I hope to have you both on again to talk a little bit more about yourselves. And obviously, yeah. we're focusing on the competition this time. But next time, we'll get to talk more about you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thanks for coming over and. Congratulations to both of you for what you accomplished this year. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Massively.